Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything, a podcast where Pastor J.D. Greer answers tough questions that you have. My name is Matt Love and I'm your host. Um, And again, over the past 20 years, Pastor J.D. has tackled so many difficult questions from the pulpit during his teaching time on the weekends. And so we want to hear today a teaching from a recent sermon that answers the question, where is the Holy Spirit leading me? Let's jump in. Here in Romans 15, Paul is going to discuss his personal calling. Look at verse 15 there in Romans 15. But on some points, Paul says, I've written to you very boldly, because of the grace given to me by God, a special grace given to me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering, my offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable. Verse 17, in Christ Jesus, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Verse 18, well, I, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me and bringing the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. Verse 19, from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled, I have finished the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my personal ambition, my unique contribution to the kingdom of God to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on somebody else's foundation. Because as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. A quote from Isaiah 52, 15. Verse 22, this is the reason that I've so often been hindered coming from you, even though I wanted to come. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, nothing left for me to do, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, a place that in those days had yet to be penetrated with the gospel. The first thing that I want you to notice in these verses is the extremely personal way that Paul talks about his ministry. Did you see it? I tried to emphasize it. Verse 15, the grace given to me, specially to me by God for ministry. Verse 16, my offering. Verse 17, my work for God. Verse 18, what Christ has accomplished through me. Verse 19, I have fulfilled the ministry given to me. Verse 20, my personal ambition. Paul felt like something personal had been given to him, something unique given to him. There were lots of things to do in the kingdom of God. But Paul's specific commission was to preach Christ in places where Christ's name had never been heard. The gospel, of course, is that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, that somebody has to personally receive it for that to become theirs, and they can't receive it if they've never heard about it. And Paul discerned that that his calling was to get that message to those who had never heard it before. Look at what he said in verse 19. He says, from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have finished. That's what the word fulfilled there means. I've finished the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Verse 23, I no longer have any room for work in these regions anymore. In case you're unfamiliar with this, let me put it up on a map here for you. From Jerusalem to Illyricum, you see how big of a region that is? That region contained 37 major cities plus hundreds of smaller villages it had a combined population of over 500,000 people. Y'all, there were at most a dozen churches there with a combined total of probably about 500 members in those churches, 500 believers out of half of a million. And Paul says, my work here is done. 
How on earth could he say that? How could he say the work here is finished? 500 out of 500,000 and the work is done? Were all those Christians spiritually mature? Were all the justice issues there addressed? Hardly. I mean, Rome itself was so anti-gospel that Paul would eventually be executed there for following Jesus. And Paul says, my work for Jesus in Rome is done. Rome had all kinds of justice issues. But Paul was called to take Christ to places where he'd never been named. And so he looked at it and said, my work here is finished. That calling to take Christ where he'd never been named became for Paul a, a compass for decisions that he made. And so he said to these Romans, he's like, hey, I wanted to be there before, but I couldn't come, but now I can because you're actually en route to Spain and they've never heard in Spain and God told me to take Christ where he's never been heard. And since I'm on my way to Spain, I can stop by and see you for a few minutes. Factor number one in discerning the call of God on your life, this, write it down. Number one, where's the spirit of God moving in my life? Where's the spirit of God moving in my life, in my life uniquely? I often explain to college students or college students that there is a widespread myth in the church. I always call it the Cheerios myth of seeking God's will for your life. The myth is that calling, calling into ministry is a sacred privilege reserved for a select few super Christians conveyed through a mystical manifestation. Like you're staring at your Cheerios one morning and they suddenly spell out pastor, Sunday school teacher, missionary. And this is just how God calls you into a service if that's what he wants for you. And if you don't have an experience like that, well, you're just not called. So just be a good person, right? Stay married to your spouse, go to church, pay attention, pay your tithes. That myth is untrue. Now, sure, Summit, if God ever spells out something to you in your Cheerios, by all means, you should pay attention. But I will tell you, I have stared at my Cheerios for years and all it's ever spelled out is ooh, over and over and over again. If that's how God calls, I've never experienced a call. That's the myth. Here is the truth. All of us are called to ministry. The call to leverage your life for the Great Commission was included in the call to follow Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men, which means when you accepted Jesus, you also accepted the call to missions. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus' last words to all of us who are his disciples were, go, go and make disciples of all the nations, which means if you are a disciple, you are called. The question we say is no longer if you're called. The question now is only where and how. A lot of Christians, I point this out because a lot of Christians are sitting around waiting on a still small voice when they already have a really straightforward verse. If you've accepted Jesus, you've accepted the call to mission because the call to engage in the Great Commission was included in the call to follow Jesus. Question is no longer if, the question now is only where and how. So we teach that here and I believe it. But in saying that, what I don't want us to lose is that the Spirit of God does reveal to us in dynamic and sometimes mystical ways what part of the mission, what part of that mission belongs to each of us. You see, there is simply no way for one person to be responsible for everything in the mission of God. Early in my Christian life, and this, I don't know if it has to do with uh, um, uh, my personality or if it had to do with the kind of sermons I was hearing. But early in my Christian life, I thought I was responsible for everything. I would hear a message about some good work in the kingdom, poverty relief, ministering to the homeless, taking care of foster children, overseas missions, teaching, apologetics, leading public worship, mercy work. And I thought I was supposed to give myself to all of those things. There's just no way for any one person to be able to take on all those things as a life calling. So at the Summit Church, we often say this, not everything that comes from heaven has your name on it. It may indeed come from heaven. 
And you should thus be aware of it. You should be supportive of it. You should be a part of a church that is doing it, but it's just not for you personally to focus on. Not everything that comes from heaven has your name on, but hear this, something does have your name on it. And you got to figure out what that is and get after it. You say, well, JD, how am I supposed to know what that thing is? It's not going to be in my Cheerios. Where do I look for it? You typically find out like Paul did through prayer, through engagement in ministry and through involvement in a local church. As you're doing those things, God just starts to put something on your heart, heart here in what we're doing and it just begins to grow and it, and it grows. I always use the example of Nehemiah here whose heart in the Old Testament, his heart just grew heavier and heavier for the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. In chapter two of his book, Nehemiah tells us that, that, that he thought about it all the time. He couldn't get it out of his mind. He wept over it. It's where his heart went in prayer. It's what he dreamed about being a part of one day. That happens to you about something. And if it's not happening to you, it's because you're not listening because God's got something for you. Well, thanks guys for listening into that. That was Pastor J.D. Greer answering the question, where is the Holy Spirit leading me? You can always find more teaching from Pastor J.D. at his website, jdgreer.com. And you can get up-to-date resources by following him on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, you can get all the, all the things that J.D. is putting out, all the wisdom that you can get from him here on this podcast is going to come in other forms there as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next time here on Ask Me Anything when we are going to answer a listener question straight from one of you.